in the matrix here right off the bat i'm going to ask these guys to say hello hello guys hello uh, yes. hello yeah. Hi. okay good good thank i wanted to do that because i wanted to make sure that uh the uh the sound was working before we got into anything deep i don't want to make the same mistake that we made that one week or i made that you didn't make it i made it <clears throat> where uh we didn't have uh they heard me but uh, you know, hearing me is nothing special. So, uh, anyway, tonight we have a couple of things we're going to talk about, folks. Uh, uh, the first thing that we were originally going to talk about, we're still, we still are, it may come up later on in the conversation. And uh, let, me, let me preface that by saying I had a conversation with my mother uh, last week. And, uh, and you know, her and her, her friends still go out and see movies. Uh, we've given that up for quite a while ago because we don't like where the money goes when we pay for a movie. Um, it goes to child molesters. Um, but anyway, so uh, I was talking with her and I said, you know, I was talking about it. She goes, well, but they're still good actors. And I was like, yeah, but, you know, they're bad people. They may be good actors and maybe the fact that they're good actors is part of their act because they're still bad people. Try wrapping your head around that. I, I, I have to think about that for a minute. Anyway, um, it, you know, that, and that infiltrates into so many parts of our life, you know. Um, I can remember uh, when I was a kid, my parents used to like to listen to Liberace. Now, Liberace was, was uh, homosexual in nature. Um, well, an unnatural, let's put it that way. And, uh, but, you know, everybody loved his piano music. Yes, he was flamboyant. Everybody knew where he stood, um, in that, in that area. But, uh, um, but they loved his music and they, they accepted his lifestyle because they loved his music. And, uh, I could never understand that, uh, as hard as I tried, you know, and I know that we're supposed to, to love the, the sinner and hate the sin and stuff like that, but, um, uh, where do you draw the line at excusing the sin and and trying to correct the sinner? Um, and whose job is that to do? Uh, that's a question we'll explore tonight. And and also, you know, it also runs into the Christian realm. You know, when you go to churches and you see people behaving badly, and and then uh, you you start to wonder where where does God draw the line on that too? So, but uh, the first thing we're going to talk about, and it's it's come across my my laptop and my, my desktop several times on Facebook and other places is uh, there are a lot of Christians out there that are asserting that the uh, COVID-19 vaccine is the mark of the beast. And there are reasons why that can't be, I feel anyway, and, and I think the other guys do too. Um, but uh, it could be a precursor. It could be an indication. It could be a foreshadowing. But um uh, and we're going to explain why that, that could be tonight. Um, but I, I get so, I don't know, guys, I don't know about you, but I get tired of, um, you know, 
sometimes with, uh, with within the Pentecostal realm or the charismatic realm, which I, I find myself in, uh, everything gets blamed on the devil. You know, you banged your ha- your finger with a hammer. Oh, it was Satan. No, it was your bad coordination. You just didn't watch what you were doing. Um, uh, you know, so there's a demon under every rock and behind every tree, and uh, and we equate all of our mistakes to him. But when Luke Wilson used to say, the devil made me do it. No, the devil doesn't make you do a lot of things. A lot of times it's you that does it. Um, and um, so I, that's that doesn't wash with me when I hear that a lot of times. Yes, there are... There are circumstances where you can clearly see that the devil or Satan or Lucifer, whatever you want to call him, is messing with somebody's life or interfering in their life or causing them to do bad things in their life. And you can pretty well see it by the fruit. And you realize that that person's not that way uh, normally. And uh, and you can deal with that. And um, it's very easy to deal with if they'll allow you to. But um, so... You know, just because a person is a nice guy doesn't mean that what what doesn't make them acceptable. And I think what I put in the uh, description of the show, good works does not count for godliness. Um, So we have to uh, remember that. And so uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to open it up to uh, an open forum, uh, you guys. And uh, I'm kind of throwing some bones out there. So if if anybody's interested in some bones... uh, Go for it, and uh, let's let's see where this all ends up. Okay. Okay. Is it a is it a T-bone steak you're throwing out there? <laughs> you, I'll, I'll go for that. If, if that's what I you want, I'll throw a T-bone out there. And I it's, said, yeah, I'll go for that one. And it's from, it, it's from it's uh, from that uh, oh that place oh, that see. Jim likes to eat at. Uh, Golden, the, Corral? Golden, Golden Corral. Corral. It's from Golden Corral. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> So any thoughts, well, gentlemen? Hungry dogs, come on, man, grab that bone. No, I'm going to sit back and lay back. I'm I'm, I'm practicing something new <laughs> for me, anyway. Well, I I think it it says in the last days that um, you know men's hearts will go cold. Uh, the church would be the Laodicea church, you know, just lukewarm and and all that. I mean, um, the COVID to me has sure shown. Uh, what at least my church is made of, and I'm I'm disappointed. I'm not going to name the church because there are good people there, but I'm just uh, I'm shocked how everybody is just literally laid down and let these COVID restrictions just go. Well, and, you bring up an interesting point there, Brian. You know, it makes me wonder. You know, you know, a church as a you know church um do they actually have to really abide by cdc guidelines you know i mean or do they you know what i mean i mean what is it is it something that's bound in being a 501c3 um it's just well that's a good question eric because there's a couple first of all it's a constitutional right to assemble for a church and you can't really supersede that without a vote in changing the constitution Yep. Second thing is, there comes a line where the laws of the land interfere with worshiping the Lord and restricting our freedom. And so, when that happens, it's a decision by individual believers what to do. 
uh, Moses wanted to go worship out in the wilderness, and Pharaoh said no. You know what happened there? He had to obey the Lord. The Lord made the way. There's places in Scripture where that's happened. This is it happened so subtly on all of us. You know, I thought flatten the curve, and by April first we'd be done with this. And then these blue Democratic states saw opportunity to hurt the election and for Trump. And also, I think it was just for Trump. I think it was a test to see if they actually could get away with it. And for the most part, they did. Right. And so, yeah, I, I, I think we, we had to give it time. Like I, we, you know, a month, a month and a half, even two months. I get that. But this is going on seven months. Yeah. And in LA County, um, they pretty much everything is flat. The deaths are flat. The COVID, everything is pretty much down, like way, way down. And the governor got on and said today, nothing's going to open before November 1st. Oh boy. <laughs> Why would he say November 1st? And also the Los Angeles uh, school district superintendent said the same thing. And he also said no Thanksgiving, no Christmas. Uh, the governor did. So. <laughs> You know, I get this, but at this point, in this stage of the game, it's pretty obvious it's political to me, this is my opinion, and that churches need to push back or eventually what's going to happen, if this ever happens again or maybe this won't go away, we will lose our freedoms for good. Right. And the best way to learn about a future is to look at the past, look at history, uh, Poland, this happened in Poland, this happened in Germany, this happened in these, before World War II. Uh, the guns were taken away, they passed laws, you couldn't only, you know, just restriction, restriction, restriction. Then Hitler came in and it was wide open for him. And the Jews were taken out of their neighborhoods thinking they were going to safe camps and these places and we know how that ended up. Right. So the enemy, you mentioned the devil. The devil is a master of lies, but so are the people empowered by him that don't know the Lord, that are evil. Not everybody who doesn't know the Lord is evil. There's some good people. But the ones that aren't good are being used that way. They lie. And these politicians um, flatten the curve. The curve was flattened five months ago. And there's businesses all around me that are just going out of business. And it's sad. It breaks my heart. And we had, I think in Los Angeles County, where we have five COVID deaths in, what, a couple of days ago, five. But there's ten and a half million people here, and we have five COVID deaths. Right. And they were right. all people above 75 years old in, in nursing homes. So it's just, um, and I'm, I guess I'd be quiet, but that's the attitude of the church. I mean, we talk about these people, like in Hollywood, why do they do these things? They're not really good people if they have this lifestyle. That could be said for some of the churches and some of the believers too. And but we have no excuse. We belong to the Lord, and we're we're held to a higher standard than the world. And um, I, I hope God doesn't judge us—not judge us. I know we're going to heaven, but I mean, judge us here worldwide, at least in this country, for why the church is so lackadaisical. And um, it's, it's time to push back. It's time to push back. And Hollywood is going along with it. And yeah. they, they have commercials all over here. Wear your mask. Save a life. You know, and they're passing out tickets for not wearing masks now. And yeah. people are being shamed into wearing them. And the movie stars are going along with it. 
and yet those same movie stars support abortion, support the gay movement, support um, these left wing liberals that are killing our jobs. It's like and our, it's okay and our babies for, and everything else. Yeah, yeah. you guys okay chime, him, but not us. You guys so chime I'm, in on you guys chime in on this, but I, I want to present a. a what I think is a reality within the church, one of the biggest problems within the church. They don't believe that we are in the end of the end times. They don't believe it. That is the biggest darn problem to this. They don't believe it. Oh, they say that we're... No, they don't believe it. And God has made it very clear, according to Amos 3.7. Boy, you know, I keep chanting this every week. I just, I can't help it. It's the way God works. He says, I will not allow anything to happen until I tell my secret, my plan, to my servants, the prophets. Now, there's a formula right there that the church is not following. They're ignoring it. Yeah, they don't They don't like those people talking well, in churches. And, and the thing is, my servants, the prophets. I mean, you can, you can go online and there's all kinds of people self-proclaiming themselves as prophets. Some of them, you know, just to the point of being totally silly and ridiculous. One guy I remember seeing, he wore, uh, um, like a, um, like a robe like Jesus would wear, but he had all these flags of all the nations on there and he was representing all of the nations because he's a prophet of God. And matter of fact, I think he was trying to proclaim himself as one of the two witnesses or whatever. And so, I mean, but here he is boasting about it and drawing attention to himself and not to Jesus. Yeah. And where it says, my servants, the prophets, there's the safety guard in that. Servant means someone who is in humility, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. In humility, they are walking the talk. In other words, their life has already been established as a servant of God. They've been faithful. They've been, their, their life speaks for themselves. Um, their actions, their accomplishments or achievements, and they don't have to be a big name, well-known person, just somebody that has been solidly close in a relationship with Jesus. And it reflects by the fruit that they have borne in their own personal testimony, their own personal life. They are consistent with what they speak is what they live, is what they follow, is what they promote. They promote Jesus and the gospel, not themselves. So there's a safety barrier right there. So when you combine all of that, you look at, okay, who who are the ones proclaiming something solid, something consistent that has fruit in their lives? And again, I always default to the three main people that have had specific prophecies pertaining to Trump as being part of God's plan. Uh, and that was Kim Clement. Um, in a local group around here, the Zion, uh, uh, a singing ministry from Zion. Um, and I actually knew them, but I didn't know that I knew them. This was from 20 years ago when I spoke at that church. Um, the woman that is fantastic there. And there's Mark Taylor and David Wilkerson. Now, these three have overlapping, like transparencies or layers of a prophetic, you know, mention of Donald Trump as being part of God's plan. One of them, uh, Kim Clement, he said he would come in whispering the name of Jesus, but something would happen during his administration that was so profound that even um, the liberals had to confess that he has owned up to a certain amount of accomplishments and achievements. And he said, and then suddenly he would be born again and filled with the Spirit, even though he is a fiery, it said he was a, 
uh, a fiery person, you know, and that's his problem with women and, you know, this thing is past. We voted for a president, not for a pastor. And uh, the country did rather. And and so in, in saying all of that, there's been multiple prophecies about Trump as being used as Cyrus was used, a total pagan, to accomplish the will of God in that country's life, uh, you know, history. And between these three, they have described exactly what is going on right now, what has happened, and what is going to happen. So if we see that there's a plan established, then anything that fits in that plan is, you know, cool. And anything that doesn't, why are we worried about it? It's not right. going to happen. We're studying the effects of losers. They don't win. We do who put our trust in, in Jesus Christ. So, But the church isn't believing that. They're not following it. They don't even know it. Right. My gosh, I've had a personal conflict with both churches that have been very supportive of me. And, you know, I, I'll tell you guys, I do it to myself. Because, and I, I was talking to another dear friend of mine, and he was saying, you know, Jim, I did the, we did the same thing. These, these people were big on holistic healing and everything. They had their own television program, radio program. But they were so excited about what they found, they would start telling everybody everything that was in their videos that they wanted people to watch. And because they did that, most of the people figure, oh, well, I got the long story short, so I don't need to even watch this because I just heard everything from him. And they were telling me, Jim, you're doing the same thing. You get so excited about what you have. You tell everybody so much information. So do you know what they had to sit down and tell us? So because we were, you know, kind of shooting ourselves in the foot. You have to entice them. Just put out a little bit. Don't tell them a big story. Tell them enough to get them enticed into wanting to watch your video. Otherwise, they're not going to watch it. And you know what, guys? I do that to myself. I've done that to myself. I've shot myself in the foot. I do it all the time. And now I realize, you know what? I got to. Uh, to me, it was kind of like playing a game. But you know what? It isn't. It's selling what you have effectively to an audience. And so now I'm, I'm rethinking and realizing that I have to only give a little bit enough for them to be interested to literally watch the videos. I can tell that nobody has watched the video about the end time prophecies on Detroit being the last great revival. Why? Because I've explained so much. They figure, oh, well, heck, I don't need to watch it now. He told me everything I need to know. That's it. Uh -huh. But I know because they haven't watched it because they ask questions that I clearly define by scripture in the video. But see, I. So. Both of my churches that I belong to have never watched any of the videos that I've given them about. And I know they haven't. And because they haven't, they don't understand God's plan. I mean, just recently, what happened just a few days ago, Trump had announced a treaty signed with uh, Israel. And it didn't divide the land. Matter of fact, the, the, the proof is in the details, but people don't pay attention to details. They just go, oh my gosh, he signed a treaty. You know what? The Antichrist is going to sign a treaty. Oh my gosh. Couldn't oh, yeah. he be the Antichrist? Yep. I, I had... I had one of the pastors come to me and say, Jim, he just signed that. Don't you realize what that means? And I said, no, what do you mean? He says, that's the Antichrist signs a treaty. I said, oh, no, that's. 
by the fruit, you'll know. I mean, he's not dividing the land. He is, if you look at the detail of that treaty, he is assuring Israel that the West Bank belongs to Israel and they're allowing the, the Palestinians to stay there. So they're assuring them that you're safe in our land, not that it's your land. Right. And we will allow you to stay in our land. The, the, the proof is in the detail. He's not dividing whatever the Antichrist sets up a treatment uh, uh, statement. He is dividing the land. This is theirs. This is yours. That's not right. what Trump is doing. But people don't pay attention to detail. Just like they don't pay attention to detail, like Brian, what you were talking about when they're giving, when they're throwing out figures, there's so many people that have died so far in the COVID thing. Yeah, you're not telling people. I mean, you're not lying, but you're not telling the whole story. The fact is, they'll say, so the total amount of deaths is 6,300 in Michigan up to date. Yeah, and just before the first wave that you're talking about, it was 5,995. So, 30 people have died in the last uh, five months. Gee, most people, if you look at the stat, stats on that, there's more people dying of um, just a plain flu. Or slipping in a bathtub or falling. Yeah, yeah exactly. Getting in I car mean, wrecks, like, yeah. Like 0.05% of the population. So we're going to wear masks and be isolated for that? I know the thing I love, man. Here um, in Michigan, they were out protesting um, arm in arm and, you know, and, and, and declaring what a travesty it was that, that people would dare, uh, uh, try to stop and that Trump would try to stop, uh, mail in ballots when it's so unsafe to come together close. But yet here they are coming together close, protesting the action that they're wanting to see. Here they are doing the action that they're protesting against. I mean, yeah. how hypocritical well, is that? Did you hear what Trump said? Um, it was two rallies ago, and he said, he says, we're not calling them rallies anymore. We're calling them protests because you don't have to wear masks at protests. He says that today, he says today, where was he? He was somewhere. He was in Pennsylvania. He says, today I'm in Pennsylvania, yeah. and I'm protesting stupidity. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I love that man. I, love I really him. do. I do, I mean, the fear on people's faces in even in Michigan now, you know, I mean, it's just it, it's sad how uh, things are going there uh, in some places. Now, I I wear my mask as a chin strap. Uh -huh. You know, I, I'm sorry. You know, you know, here now here's the thing. I I did a test on someone. I said, you know, I said, the reason why I do this, I said, uh, I was in the army during the Vietnam War era. And while I was still in training, I got uh, singed my lungs with CNN gas. Um, it's a mustard gas, a blister gas, and it it literally cauterized the inside of my lungs so that now I'm highly susceptible to any kind of a, a bronchial infection, or upper respiratory infection. So if I don't breathe fresh air all the time, I'm coming down with pneumonia. Right. So, so I I my mask. So what did I just what did I just tell you? Well, you got gas when you were in Vietnam, and and so, you know, I can understand how you would be concerned. Oh, no, I didn't say that. I I've never been overseas. I didn't go to Vietnam. Right. You see what I'm saying? I mean, they're not yeah. paying attention to the way I'm wording things. And sometimes I will word that 
purposely because I want them to think a certain way. And people are careless. They don't listen to how you're presenting things. That's being as harmless as a dove and wise as a serpent. I'm not right. lying. I'm just, you know, putting out my words so that they are going to misconceive everything because people don't pay attention to detail. And of course, when you're breathing your own carbon dioxide, you're not going to be able to have all your cognitive awareness of what's going on because you're kind of suffocating your brain from oxygen. Right. It means right. to think. So we're in a zombie apocalypse. I mean, I see people just so... I was in a a store waiting to get some answers for my cell phone because uh, I was given some misdirections from... Um, and, and the company that that actually I have is Consumer Cellular. I love them. I love the way they do everything. They're, they're above board. They're honest. It's a great way to, you know, I pay for what I use, not for other stuff that I don't need. But the representative is through Target uh, stores. Target stores do not have a system for understanding anything. They need to get away from that and get their own representatives because these people are just totally... Yeah. Uh, I felt so sorry for this kid. Brand new kid. He's working there. He didn't know anything. He was really trying to help me, but he didn't even know where to begin. And uh -huh. he was a young, I mean, a really young kid. He did, I said, call Consumer Cellular. They will guide you through and tell you what to do and how to do it. Uh -huh. So he called us. So he had to call his higher-ups first. They didn't know what to do. I said, uh, and I, I said, excuse me, put the phone on so I can speak to him, okay? I said, guys, Call Consumer Cellular, and they will walk you through this. I have been sitting here for an hour and a half waiting to get some questions resolved. My patience is running thin. Will you please just call the company and they'll walk it through? No cognitive reason. I mean, no. My goodness. We're living in a zombie apocalypse. I mean, those, they were all wearing masks. They're, they're, they're not able to capable, really, of, of processing. Well, they're, they're oxygen. oxygen. Deprived yeah. to begin with, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm seeing, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, plus, plus a younger generation that hasn't even been able to uh, use logical deductive reasoning, you know, duh, go to the company and that, uh, that owns it, and maybe they're going to be able to help you finish the work for them. And, and nobody thought of that one. Yeah, Gee. well, Jim, I, you know, I got a story that's interesting, too, like that. I uh, This goes all the way back to 2010, so... Um, and, and you were with me, you know, in, in spirit and stuff at that time when, when Mortis passed away. And, um, and I had, a, you know, I, we went through the whole gamut, the cremation and stuff like that. Not that I believe in that. Uh, people are free to believe whatever they want to. Uh, if the Lord sure. can, if the Lord could, could create everything out of nothing, he could take your atom, one atom that you had and turn it into you, what was you before. Anyway, um. So I explained, it, because she was not a citizen yet, she had a green card. And I really didn't want INS, because it was called INS back then, uh, knocking my door down, looking for an illegal alien. <laughs> and so I called INS, and I said, here's the deal. I said, my wife died, and I just wanted to return her green card. I need to know how to do that. And the woman on the other end says, well, sir, I can't speak with you about that. I have to speak with her. Oh, and, and, and I said, and, and I said, right? yeah, I said, I said, you can't do that. Yeah. I said, she's passed away. I said, I just need to know how to send the card back or where to, because I don't want you guys busting my door down. And she said, but sir, I have to speak with her. And I said, okay. <laughs> I said, would you hold on for a second? 
I am going to go into the living room. I am going to go get the urn that contains her ashes. And I am going to put the phone up to the urn. And if you can talk with her and have a conversation, then God bless you. And she looks at me. She says to me, she says, oh, you mean she died? And I says, yes, that's what I told you at the beginning. Oh, my God. And then she, wow. tells, she told me to mail the card in, in a, just a plain envelope to any INS office in the local area. And I said, I'm not going to do that because if you can't understand what death is and why she can't come to the phone, that card's going to get lost and you guys are going to come knock down my door anyway. So I I just held on to it and I figured if they ever knocked, I'd hand it to them, but they never did. But uh, this is the kind of mentality that we have to deal with sometimes with people, you know, and and, and it's, it's, it's incredible. And when you're going through it, it's very, very frustrating. And and I'm sure that somehow, you know, between my end and her end, something got mixed up and she didn't understand or she didn't know what deceased meant, maybe. Uh, maybe, I don't know. I, I, I can speculate here all night long. But uh, Dave, now you can understand what I went through all day today, going to, uh, I think, six or seven major um, applications things that I was trying to recoup from. Going through their automated systems, having loops where I'm going, I'm I end up starting where I first started. What do you mean? Ah, I did everything you wanted to, and you took me back to the very beginning. What the heck is going on here? Can I talk to a live human being about this? I mean, oh my gosh, it was it was draining. But I'm yeah. dealing with people that don't. I mean, my gosh, have I slipped into a transdimensional uh, retardo world? I mean, I, I, I think it's it's a critical thinking thing. It's yes. not taught anymore. It must be something that used to be taught in schools and not is not anymore. Well, or it's just think, or the or the parents have failed to instruct their children in a way to prepare them for the world. I I think what it is is as we are pro- have progressed age wise, anyways, we have the millennials who have been denied critical thinking all throughout their entire educational system. Now they are functioning in uh, lower and mid-level occupations in society and running things. We're beginning to see how the millennials are running things. And it's scary. It's self-destructive. And I'm not attacking millennials. My God, my heart goes out to you kids because it's not your fault. There's some some fantastic ones out there too, Jim. Yeah, there are. Oh, as soon as they become Christians, these guys are the ones that are the like rapid grow man. They get it right away. It's amazing how. And to me, that shows the acceleration of that we are in the end of the end time. There isn't time left. God has to play catch up with these people, and they just and they just seem to get an anointing where they just are got rapid grow man. They just grow. I mean, I talk to some of the young Christians, and you know, I'm thinking, well, this guy's got to be at least four or five years old. He's one year old. And he's already in the depth of, of deep, you know, abstract thinking about the things and concepts of God. So it's definitely a, a God thing where sin abounds, grace is greater. And this is where the grace is greater upon the millennials because they got so much to, to overcome. And God's grace is there to help them overcome. Right. Uh, it's like what Muslims sometimes have personal visitations of Jesus. My God, they've been indoctrinated to their lives that that the whole world lies, you know, in, in uh, death, and the only way that they can uh, get out of it is through jihad. So that's all they know. 
So where sin abounds, grace is greater. So it's the same, you know, kind of principle. It just shows God's love for us in spite of ourselves. But if you want to put blame on anything, it's the boomers, myself, my age, we were not tentative enough in our own children's education. I was, thank God. And I caught the common core crap that my kids were growing up in. And so I filled in the gap. I got um, fun with phonics, you know, kind of a thing. Taught the kids how to use logical deductive reasoning where they were not getting that in school. And, and uh, you know, and little things like, you know, okay, Christmas isn't really when Jesus was born, but we're going to celebrate Jesus' birthday anyway. So every Christmas we'd have a happy birthday cake for Jesus. Right. And um, I would tell the kids, look, now everybody else believes in these fairy tales that, you know, Santa Claus and all that stuff. Don't spoil it for them. Just let them believe what they want. You're not going to change the world or anything. Just let them go. But when you're older, they're going to come running to you wanting to know what's real because they're going to know that you didn't spoil it for them, but you, um, but you respected their difference in beliefs, but you're going to be way ahead of the program because you're going to see things for what they really are. Right. And that's by God. I mean, it was prophetic almost to my kids. What what happened is they were they were like the counselors in school. They were way ahead of all the other kids. Where you know where the kids? Oh, you're going to destroy their imagination. You're going to take away the fun. There's no fun. There's no imagination in fairy tales so that you make people believe are real. We have to watch on TV. You know, NORAD says that Santa Claus is now low. Oh, good Lord, man! It just <laughs> yeah. I mean, me, I know. Uh, you know, it's yeah. you know, the kind of insanity in this world that we are trying to overcome. And now it's culminating to an end and just blown out way out of proportion. So that's where, you know, we're living in a time where God is shifting gears. We have to learn something that I can't even profess right now that I have got down completely. There is a separation of wheat and tares. Now it's time to call out and accountability for those tear goats that aren't going to listen, never will, never have, and they're being exposed for who they are and what they are. Right. Um, so we have to find a balance to be the Christ that, that, like Jesus was, full of grace and mercy, yet still draw a line in the sand and say, enough is enough. Like you said, Brian, we have to take a stand because this is getting yeah. totally out of hand. All of a sudden, we're forbidden to have come together when the Bible clearly says, that not to forsake the assemblings of ourselves together as a man of assemblies, and so much more as you see the day approaching. What day are they talking about? The day of the Lord. We see the day of the Lord approaching. This is a time when we got to come together even more and more. So what is Satan trying to do? Divide us and keep us separated more and more. So it's yeah, time to right. line in the sand. Can you imagine yeah. Jesus spent the time making a cat of nine tails, and when he did, then he went into the temple and literally beat the tar out of some of those money changers until they split and got out of town. And yet the Bible says, be angry and sin not. He did not sin when he was doing that. There was righteous indignation. We don't know how to do that as a people and as a church. I don't know how to do it. God is trying to show us a balance, and we need to be having eyes open, ears, to understand that God is going to begin to show all of us a balance uh, to draw a line in the sand, and say enough is enough, and yet do it in the way that Jesus did. Be angry, but sin not. He did not sin, and yet he beat the tar out of them people until they got out of his father's house. So somehow, God is working in all of us in these last days to realize, and that's what the church is not realizing. We are in the last of the last days. Wake up and smell the coffee. 
you're not living, you're not, you know, you're thinking 20, 50, 60 years ahead of time. No, we're at the end of the end. Get a clue, will you, please, and realize you can't rely on, there's deception everywhere. Isn't that what the word warns us in the last days? Nothing is going to be as it seems. So why are you believing in the CDC? Why are you believing in uh, CNN News? Duh. Did, uh, did you have something to add, Brian? I think I heard you. Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, as Jim was talking, uh, my other brain cell kicked in. <laughs> and, uh, wow, you got more than one? <laughs> yeah, I got two. I can't go into detail. Um, nice. But one, like, I have to crank it up like a Model T, a little crank in the front. Anyway, um, anyway, my, my baby boomer uh, brain cell kicked in, and I was reminded that um, from the time World War II ended, which is uh, 1945, Mm-hmm. You know, even now, but even before now, even just the first 30 to 40 years after World War II, um, cause I'm thinking about Hollywood that you talked about, Dave, and uh, the stars and the, the way they're bad people, but they do good things, but they're really not good people. Um, and then I started thinking about the church and its lack of gazefulness. And then I started thinking about technology from 45 to even 1995, even 80s. Technology just went rampant. We went from uh, silent movies that I grew up with to, you know, what we have now in just a 40, 30, 40 years. And along with that, uh, people rely on these things more and more. I mean, we're talking on these devices. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our phones. We check our phone how many times a day? I mean, realistically. Too many. Uh, yeah. 30 times, 40 times. Yeah. Somebody called me. Did I get a text? What is, that? What, is that an email? Um, and I'm just saying that, not to go after anybody who's listening or us, it's just what it is, but we've been so programmed by technology, believers included, it's, 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 uh, infiltrating our walk with the Lord without even realizing it. And it's taking away maybe that still small voice of the Lord it says, you know, um, Elijah in the cave heard the Lord's still small voice, not the earthquake, not the wind, not the fire, but that small voice. And with believers, the small voice is being drowned out by technology. And the yes. other, and the other side of the coin is being used by the world system in a good way for some of us. It's, there's some good stuff out there, but generally speaking, it's promoting anti-God values and morals and um, the things I see on TV now, I would never have saw in the 60s or 70s, and I hate to say I get used to seeing it. It's in right. the commercial, everything yep. on. So who's ever listening, you know what I'm talking about. Even the women that do the weather on some of the stations down here, it's like, oh my gosh. Get you some know? clothes on, woman. I don't yeah. have to see this. Yeah. And I'm just, well, I'm being specific here, so you know what I'm talking about. I'm not just making this up. So what I'm saying is, one side, you have all this technology in the last 60 years that's drowning out the voice of God, but we don't realize it is. We'd rather look at our phone and read the Bible for one, for five minutes, or we read the Bible on the phone. But reading the Bible on the phone, which I do a lot, isn't the same as opening the book. Right. It's different. I don't know what it is. It's just different. Right. And so, and then on the other side, you got these movie stars making all these movies. Okay, Star Wars. Everybody loves Star Wars. When it first came out, Luke Skywalker, Harrison Ford, you know, Mark Hamill. But when you think about uh-huh. it, 
the force. What's the force? The force. It's new age. It's a new age teaching. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. and then, on, even before that, you had um, Wizard of Oz. That's a new age thinking and teaching. It's witchcraft. Yeah. And I right. stopped moving. My watched it. What I'm saying is, in the, my I'm Portuguese, so I'm doing a Portuguese sermon. Um, <laughs> is that it's affecting the church because we're going along with these things that we really shouldn't be going along with, but we're saying, oh, it's not that bad. Yeah. Compared, And then on the other end, the technology is distracting us. And so now you've got a bunch it of believers. It seduces us, too, don't you think? It's seducing yeah. us. Yeah, we've got a bunch of believers in the world, not just America, that don't know the scriptures. But they know the latest YouTube video or the latest TikTok. Oh, they, you got it. Right. It's like it's the frog or the lobster in the boiling water. Right. And then you got these stars out there with all this money now because we paid for their movies, like Dave said earlier, uh, that are multimillionaires, billionaires that are promoting the silent agenda of the far left, which basically is New World Order. Right. It's communism. The yeah. church has been watered down and beaten down without even realizing it. Uh, in our churches, and it's good, the technology is good, but we're more concerned about how the computer screen looks up on the front above the pastor and all the announcements <laughs> now yep. given yep. on a screen. Yep. And and the music has to be perfect. It has to sound like like perfect, like the world, you know. It becomes, it becomes entertainment. It becomes MTV instead of a joint worship. So yeah. now, here's the, here's the byproduct. The byproduct is what we have right now. This yes. is why the churches aren't standing up. You sh I totally agree. Like I said before, we need to give this virus some time to see what it is. We know what it is, and we know what's going on. Just look at the CDC. It does not match what the restrictions are doing. The CDC says masks don't really work. Fauci said that. The deaths of COVID now, they came out two weeks ago and said, of all the 200,000 people that died, only 9% of them died of actual COVID. The other ones died of a heart attack that got tested. They had the virus in them. But they didn't die of the virus. Everybody right. has a cancer cell in them. Everybody has cancer cells. If I die of a heart attack, they're not going to tell me I died of a cancer. Right. So it's, it's total manipulation and the church is buying into it and it started yep. after World War II and now we're buying the product of it and I could totally see the Antichrist when he comes on the scene it will not be hard for him to convince people to take the mark and it, and they'll take it happily just like there's a, uh, I think they said 50% of the United States would be willing to take the vaccine for the virus 50% yep. that's crazy yeah, and, that's and so we we're going to talk about the virus tonight, but it, it, they have microchips in that stuff. They have chromium in it. it would have, they got what else? Nano, they got nanobot technology can restructure yeah. your DNA. Yeah. Yeah. God. And, and that's why I'm almost in the last days. It said it, in Peter and Timothy and in the last few epistles, it said it says many places in the last be sober minded, and it's talking about the last days. And I always wondered, sober minded. Okay, be in the word. Yes, be in prayer. Yes, but also be aware of what is going on and where the society you're living in, and yeah. don't buy into it. And I, I'll tell you first, I I look at my phone too much. Um, I'm on electronics too much, 
Next thing I know, the day's gone, and I haven't looked, actually looked at the Word of God because I've been too busy looking at email. Right. And so, right. as a believer, I've been convicted about that. I, I'm trying to take the time. If I can sit and watch a video for 20 minutes, why can't I sit and read my Bible? Yeah. So, and I'm not trying to put guilt on anybody out there. I'm just talking about myself. It's because the Word of God, even though we have all this technology, the Word of God is more powerful than any airwave, any microwave, any computer. It, it's, it's relevant. It's a science book. It's a history book. It's a book about the future. And when you read it, you can read the same verse 30 times and 30 different things will get out of it. What yeah. book right. does that? And that's the only book that I can read that actually when I read it, I can feel the words soothe my soul and calm me down in the midst of a trial. I can feel the word of God when I read it with my eyes do its work. That's right. No other book can do that. And that's why the enemy is, uses all this electronics, which is good, but at the same time, he, the enemy is using it to keep us off from reading the Bible. Right. Reading God. If you want to be sober-minded, read the Bible and pray. And I'm right. not a soapbox. I, I've been slacking, to be honest. I've been well, so we busy. all have, I think. So you, you know, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry to go off on... Uh, that's okay. No, it's good stuff, man. It's it's, it's what's well, happening today, you know? But, you hey, know, we... Um, yeah. I, I'm having a special. What I just said will be on tape. You can get it for 1995. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Are you still offering yeah. the uh, the prayer handkerchiefs? That's what I want. Yeah, oh. I, actually, my church is called church. My church I want my church. Is called, I, want my I really want my tinfoil hat. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, anyway. I know a I, I know a few uh, churches uh, now that are actually now mandating mandatory mass in the month of September. They haven't done this the whole time, and they're doing it now where you can't even enter their sanctuary unless you're masked. They make yeah. you go into some other room. I believe it. I got some friends that happened too. They, they were gone. They're, they're not going back. You know? No, I don't blame them. Uh, wow. And, and that, that's just within the last week here that they have really just cranked down on this. Where do you uh, live in here? Well, I live in South Dakota. Okay. So, uh, but, you know, the church I go to strongly encourages it, but when I go in there, I'm telling you, 99% of the people ain't wearing those masks. Right. So, right. Um, you know, you everybody, because every, every, we have a lot of nurses and stuff that work there, and they're all, they're all saying, you know, we're, it's, it's we're being played. Yeah, it's obvious. Um, I mean, I said the virus is real, and you'll have some, People obviously were getting it, but they said it's the, you know, it's it's a smaller percentage of older people that are typically getting picked off, stuff like that. Well, so I, I, I conducted a little experiment at work because uh, we have a lot of patriots at work, believe it or not. Um, nice. And I, you know, I asked them all. I said, you know, it, you don't have to tell me if you don't want to. Okay, this is not a requirement. But if they come up to you and say, you know, you got to take the the vaccine, would you take it? And I don't even have to get the words out of my mouth all the way, and it's a hell no. I'm not going to do it. No. And and what are they going to do? Are they going to fire well, half the staff? Well, I, the... I wonder about that because you know I work. I won't say what hospital system just to protect that, but um, you know, the flu vaccine is pretty much mandatory. Right. 
Um, but then again, how how could you mandate something like this that has not even been thoroughly even tested out on people, you know, and make it mandated out of the gate? I mean, right. that would be very very dangerous at this point. So, well, you know, I would say well, if our elected officials want to take that vaccine first, they can go first and well, we'll watch the results. It. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll watch the results and then we'll follow suit. I'll now, administer if, it <laughs> now. If, Trump has talked about vaccines. Now, if he says to take it, then that's one thing. Well, he's he's already alluded to the fact that he knows that they're coming out, but he's not going to force anybody to take them. I've heard right that with his own yes, lips. It, and he also yep. said, and my people that follow me are not going to take it. Right. Yep. yep. So, you know, the thing is that people don't realize he is surrounded by the enemy. On oh, the yeah. left and the right. And this goes back, um, you know, Brian, what you were saying. I mean, right after the war, we brought over through Operation Paperclip, we brought over literally the infrastructure of Nazi Germany into ourselves. Where did they infiltrate? The Republicans, the right wing um, part of the party. And even even um, Walt Disney. Walt Disney, before the war, actually produced a lot of anti-war, anti-fascist you know, things. Now, he had a fascination with uh, magic and, you know, he did the Mickey Mouse the Little Wizard uh, in Fantasia, but he was like a child looking at it as, you know, an innocent childlike um, interest, but certainly not indoctrinated because he did a lot of very patriotic anti-fascist um, cartoons and, and movies. But after the paperclip, when Werner von Braun was brought into the United States, they became best buddies and good friends. Now, all of a sudden, from the technology, from the new understandings that he saw from his relationship with Werner von Braun, all of a sudden, now Disney takes a spin. Now it's deeply indoctrinated into Helena Blavatsky's uh, secret doctrine. All of a sudden, this stuff takes on a whole different persona. And this is what people don't understand. There's been an infiltration of a Fourth Reich, of a fifth column in the United States that's been here since the war. Um, there's three different ideologies that have crept into our country. One of them is early as the 30s, and that was communism through uh, the Lincoln Brigade and the whole uh, situation that happened when a lot of our people went over to help uh, Franco in the Spanish uh, Civil War. They just, some of them just wanted to have a uh, chance to duke it out with the Nazis, no matter what, you know, what way. And so they saw this as an opportunity. So long story short on this, there's been an infiltration by three different groups, communism, national socialism, and Islam. With the eight years of, uh, of Obama as president, he put in the, uh, what the, the, uh, something brotherhood. I can't remember the Muslim brotherhood. Muslim Brotherhood, thank you. He has gotten them into every sensitive part of our infrastructure, and now we're in the process of weeding out. So this is what Trump has to deal with. He has got enemies on the left and on the right everywhere surrounded. So he has to be very cautious on the way he acts. Sometimes he deliberately acts and says what most people will perceive as very stupid things, but he's playing them. He's playing everything. This guy is like a a genius. I mean, he knows how to play these people in order to be able to still enforce, you know, what needs to be enforced. Now, there's 
there is a, and, and probably Dave, you have a better understanding of this than anyone because of your medical background. But I mean, there is a form of a virus um, vaccine that is legitimate and could probably actually work. But that's not what we're dealing with. Not really. Right. right. And, but if, if Trump said something, I would, I would default that that's probably what he's talking about. But there's some technology that's even overruling the whole 5G and everything called AG. Um, right. and he's aware of that and that's what's going to be incorporated and it's going to nullify all the negative effects of 5G. So we're sitting in pretty good situation if we can trust the plan of God, but that's the problem. And the church isn't even, they're clueless. Most of them are clueless to any of that. Uh, and the proof is in the fact that they just don't get that God has a plan and he's established a certainty of that plan if we would just listen to the prophets today, who they are and what they're saying. We're not doing it. We don't believe it. I don't know how many churches, even churches, my, my daughter, it goes to a church that is fantastic. Matter of fact, they're in my video. Because the guy had a prophecy seeing a meteor coming down into the Great Lakes because God was going to do something great in the Great Lakes state. Well, I got a chance to meet some of them two days ago at an assembly that we had. And I remembered when he said, I am church, I said, oh, my gosh, you guys, your pastor is the one that had the prophecy. I said, here, give your pastor this this thing. This is all of the prophecies pertaining to Detroit. And what's happening in Michigan is different from all the rest of the world because something special is going to happen. There's going to be a revival. I said, these are all the other prophecies. I think your pastor would probably be interested in seeing this. So I gave it to him. The guy, the kid was, uh, you know, excited about it. And they had, man, such an anointing for, uh, bringing people into a intimate worship at our, at the meeting that I was at. So it's, it's just exciting to see that. God has not left us as orphans. He has given us everything we need to know if we would just go his way and believe what he said. We're living in unique times, a separation of uh, wheat and tares. We need to find this balance in our own personal lives. God's trying to tell us, but are we willing to listen? Right. I, when we've got church leaders that are telling us contrary information because they themselves, and, and you know, part of it is everybody is so busy right now. Uh, my daughter goes to a church that I think is really awesome. Uh, the people love the Lord. They're trying to be aware of everything that's going on, but basically they're clueless. They're listening to network news. They're not listening to alternate news sources. And because of that, they're blindly believing all this stuff. They want everybody to keep, you know, six feet apart. You know, I made something that is in defiance and I think it's going to, I hope it's going to catch on. Maybe I'm going to do, I'm, in the process of doing a video right now to do this, I have a little five and a half inch stick of wood. I took an action figure and I painted the, the feet and I put six feet on this little piece of board. And then I put this between my shoulder and another person's shoulder. And I said, now, what is standing between you and me? There's six feet, right? So we're six feet apart. Good enough. Yeah. It works. Yeah, there wasn't very smart the of them. They they could have said uh, you put it in inches and got it down a little more. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, you know it so, can be interpreted any way you want. <laughs> well, and that's that's the point that we're going to have to get with 
the powers that be. You want to you want to set a standard? Okay, we're gonna we're gonna comply to that standard. Here's six feet. Argue that. Hey, we're doing what you said. There's six feet. You didn't say. You just said six feet. There's six feet. Count them. Six feet. Different part. Um, it it sounds silly, but you know what? That's that's the kind of balance that we're gonna have to take to get through this garbage. I had a mascot. I had a um, what was it? Um. Oh, what was his name? Uh, the Flash. I had a mask that was a mask of the Flash, a Halloween mask. Hey, I'm wearing a mask. Tell me to wear a mask. I'm wearing a mask. It's a Flash mask. Um, That's funny. You know, I mean, <laughs> it sounds kind of silly, but I mean, we're going to have to have a balance and draw a line in the sand. We're going to have to fight back at this. So it, by the way they word things, we comply to their word. And we're getting technical, fine, and they'll change the rules. I mean, everything that Adolf Hitler did, including exterminating the Jews, he did legally because the laws were slowly transformed and changed to allow him to do whatever he wanted. And the people went along with it because they were afraid of a false flag fear of this overwhelming global Jewish conspiracy, the priorities, the Zion or whatever. And protocols, yeah. Protocols, yeah. And it was basically communist, um, you know, back doctrine. But uh, and the communists were actually Jews. But it was because it was prophesied that that's exactly what would happen in the last days. It would reach their almost like epitome of being apostate from their faith. And that is. But that, you know, what I always tell people, I don't I support Israel now. For who they are going to become. Not for who necessarily they are right now, because there's a certain part of, of the extremists that are a little radical. Um, my gosh, if they knew that we were in, they were in possession of the Ark of the Covenant right now, they would probably declare war and get crazy nuts. But God in his wisdom is waiting for the right time for events to happen. Because I trust in the word of God that says in Zechariah 12th chapter that there's coming a day of time when they will look to the heavens. And they will realize that Jesus was their Messiah, and they're going to mourn as they mourn for their only begotten, for they realize that 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 the one that whom they have pierced is their Messiah. Right. There's a national repentance coming. There's a day when they're going to realize that Jesus Christ fulfilled all of the prophecies as the Messiah. They were so filled with doctrine. You know, we know. I mean, there they are staring. At Jesus saying, well, we know when, when Jesus, when the Messiah comes, he's going to deliver us from the Romans. He's going to do this, this, and this. They figured in their vanity that you got all figured out. Christians right now are doing the same thing. Well, we know that when, you know, this is going to happen, then this, this, this. I mean, you got little charts already put out of everything that's going to happen and how it's going to happen. Based on what? Based on ideas that have been passed down through history and if we haven't learned anything about the Word of God, every time we think we've got everything bag, tagged, and classified, we God shows us we don't know anything of what we're talking about. Our dependency cannot be on assumed events. It's got to be on Him in a personal relationship day by day, in an intimate relationship, not knowing about Him, but knowing Him intimately. Right. And so this is the difference, and this is what the, where the church is at right now. We're learning too much about Him, but not knowing Him. The ideas. And I, I don't mean to 
to slander Tim LaHaye. Tim LaHaye is not a theologian. He admits it. He knows that, that, that he's doing the best that he can with what he has. And what he has is a lot of passed down assumed information. Things that haven't happened yet, we can't get dogmatic about. It hasn't happened yet. So how can we have a, um, a doctrine that is firm and solid about future events when it hasn't happened yet? we got to stay loose-ended. Our dependency has to be on Jesus, not on assumed events. That's something that's very scriptural and very real. So he did the best he had with the Left Behind series, but some of it is what I call Swiss cheese theology. And I don't mean that to be offensive. I mean, there's loopholes and gaps in there that doesn't isn't scriptural. Peter said that there would be a great shaking up, and the things that were not of God would be revealed for what they were, and the things that were of God would stand solid and firm. Now, Tim LaHaye's thing had the gospel of Jesus Christ in it. That man has led so many, I mean millions probably, of people to come to Christ. So I'm not faulting him in any way. He has done a work the best he could with what he had, but he had the gospel presented in it. So even though the theology was wrong, the fruits speak for themselves. That man in that movie has led millions to Christ. I would never come against him and disrespect him for anything because by your fruits, by the fruits, you shall know them. And his fruits are good. So I don't come against him. He's a brother in the Lord. And I thank God that he has done the best he could with what he had. Dave, you and I got saved through the same book, The Late Great Planet Earth. And I don't yeah. agree with his theology, his eschatology, but he presented the gospel in there, and I responded, and I asked Christ into my heart. He's a brother of mine. I may not agree with his theology, but theology can be left at the front door. It has nothing to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus, in his own words, says, and when this gospel is preached into all the world, then the end shall come. We want this madness and weirdness to stop Let's start coming together in unity and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just a simple gospel. It's so simple, even a child can understand it. Uh, as far as, you know, as far as prophecy, prophetic events, well, it says a study to show yourself approved. That's a little more complicated. But the actual application in a person's life is so simple, even a kid will get it. And that's the mercy and grace of God. So I'm done preaching, but I think, you know, that makes a lot of sense for what we're faced with. The church is failing to see the times that we're in. Yeah. Um, what's I going to say? Um, I totally lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Um, anyway, uh, maybe it's a good segue because it's you know halfway through the show. Um, the, uh, the vaccine now, um, we, we all know somebody, and um, we know several people, actually, that are promoting that this might be the, um, the mark of the beast. And I wanted to, to go into that uh, tonight, and we will. And um, th- one of the things that I found out that I didn't know, and uh, it was a, hum- a humble moment, uh, for sure, is that, um, well, right now there's, there's basically three main contenders that are making the vaccine. One of them is AstraZeneca. The other one's Pfizer. And the third one is a company called Moderna. Mm, and, Moderna. Yes. Yeah, yes, Moderna. That, don't you, Dave? No comment. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, thank you. It's okay. Um, I got your 
that anyway, one. thank you. Um, <laughs> but what, what, what they don't tell you is that you're going to have to get that vaccine in three waves. Okay, you're going to get the first one, and then it's going to be kind of like the Hep B vaccine. You get you get the main one, and then you go back in two weeks, and you get another one, then you go back in two more weeks and get another one. Problem is that let's just say you're going to a doctor who's got the AstraZeneca vaccine, and you lose your insurance or you know something like that, and then you start going to a doctor who only has the Moderna vaccine. They can't be mixed. Okay, there could be some dire consequences to mixing them because they all do, they all fight this so-called virus um, different ways. Okay, so there's one thing, one concern that you have to worry about <laughs> getting that thing. Um, but uh, you know, this person that was bringing it up today that it's uh, he was, uh, and and I had a nice discourse with him, and uh, we we uh, ironed a lot of stuff out, which was neat. But, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, mostly Christians out there. Oh, this is the mark of the beast. This is, you know, if you take this, then, you know, you're, you're going against God. And, you know, you're, you know, all the things that happen to the people that, that take the mark of the beast, uh, as outlined in uh, Revelation. But um, anyway, um, so um, I don't. You know, one of the, the person said that they're, you know, one of the vaccines has nanobots in it, and that's quite possible. But the one thing you got to remember is that, and it's quite clear in Scripture, is that we're going to be given a choice to take it or not take it. Okay, mm-hmm. a forced vaccine is not a choice. Um, so this is why I think that this is a precursor. You know, this is a kind of like a test thing to see if people will comply with the government and stuff like that, but. Um, if anything, I think that if there are nanobots in it, um, they'll, they'll, they'll be to do what Bill Gates wants to do. He wants to destroy 80% of the population uh, and make the world a better place for him anyway. And uh, so that's another reason that, you know, to, to consider not taking it. But um, anyway, you know, I was, I was running through a list yesterday of things that could happen if you didn't take it, you know. Um, and, and there are many parallels to what Revelation says. Um, if Now, this is if the, uh, the Dems get in and they, they make it a, a, commi- a commandment that you have to take it. Um, if you don't take it, the first thing you're probably going to lose is your job. Lose your job, you lose your house, you lose your cars. Um, you know, you're going to probably have to go bankrupt, so you're going to lose everything. Um, you're going to be looked at as a pariah. A nonconformist. Um, you're not going to be welcome in stores because people are going to spread the word. There's 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 people out there that are are basically uh, gossip mongers, and uh, I have to laugh. The little store that we have here in town, um, nobody wears a mask, um, and people will come in and they'll look and they'll wear a mask, and then they're like, "Oh, thank God!" You know, <laughs> they take their mask, off, <laughs> put it away, and um, and it is, it's like that in, in most of this county and stuff. Now, if you want to go into a big store like Walmart or something, you have to comply. But uh, for the most part, uh, everybody just kind of blows it off. And um, and like the, the one mask says, this this uh, the only thing that's dumber than this mask is the governor. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it's, uh, 
it's been very interesting to watch this whole thing play out. Yes, and I have seen the xenophobia. I've seen the the people that, uh, out of fear, you know, shoot you a dirty look. Uh, will uh, you know if if you're not exactly six feet away, if you're five foot nine inches away from them, they'll kind of look back at you and you know give you a snotty look and and things like that. And it makes you want to get even closer, <laughs> you know, um, with my personality type anyway. But, um, so anyway, uh, now what is your, you know, with what I've said, you know, how do you guys see this thing? Uh, um, I don't think it's the mark of the beast. I don't think it could possibly be, but how do you see it? Um, I don't know if I was going to pick somebody, maybe we'll start, um, with the Southwest first. And then, uh, and then go from there. Brian, what do you think? Is this a test test thing, or is it a real thing, or or what? I'm I'm sorry. I I didn't realize I was in the Southwest. I thought I was in Russia. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Southwest. I'm thinking Southwest. What? Moscow? Um, <laughs> there is collusion, and it is Russia. You're in, you're in China. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, this is where I know there's different views. I don't want to start anything up tonight, but the mark is commanded to be given by the Antichrist. Right. And as far as I can tell, he hasn't shown up yet. So right. uh, when he shows up, the world's going to know. I mean, especially believers, people not believe, but people who are Bible smart are going to know who he is. And so, no, I don't believe this is. The mark. Um, I believe the technology is there. It's been there for 20, 30 years now. Jim probably knows that. And if the technology for putting microchips in the bloodstream or in our skin have been around for a whole, well, I just chipped my dog a few years ago with a chip. So, right. right. Um, so, yeah, I, I, if you go by the scriptures, uh, that's not the mark. Uh, no, I don't think it's going to be a virus. It's going to be given. It's going to be given out of absolute control. You want to live and you want to buy and sell, you take this. If you don't, you don't buy and sell. Mm-hmm. And eventually you'll be killed, too, probably. So that hasn't happened yet. Is it going to happen? Yeah. It's going to happen sooner than later. I mean, obviously, we've all agreed we're in the end times, and it's like a freight train coming down the tracks. Mm-hmm. It's coming quick. Right. And so no matter what your view is, the, the coming of the Lord is coming quick. But no, I don't. I don't believe this is a virus for now. Because what the scripture says, the Antichrist is the one that helps implement this program, and I don't think Trump is the Antichrist. He's the he's the farthest thing from the Antichrist. Right. And uh, I believe he's a real believer, just maybe a little naive in the scriptures, but I think he's saved. And so, yeah, I don't. I, yeah, it's, this is not. This is not the virus. People shouldn't be scared. That's another thing. They stop preaching the Bible in our churches, and we have a bunch of ignorant Christians. And I'm not saying I'm an expert in the Bible. You guys all know the scriptures. Jim, you know it really well. Um, and when you don't know the scriptures even a little bit, you believe anything. You right. believe anything. Yep, and you're and right. The reason I'm not afraid of the virus because I have facts about what it really is. Not what the media tells me, but what the CD says about it, CDC, right. and their doctor. And I know it's it's only killed 20,000 people. And so it's nothing to be feared. And even if it was uh, 
If it was what they say it is, which it isn't, we're to fear the Lord. Our days are numbered by him, not Amen. by the government, not by a virus. Right. You can't live this world always in fear. And you know who's the big enemy of fear? I mean, the big pusher of fear is Satan. Yep. Right. He's the big pusher. And then the Democrats use fear to control. Mm-hmm. And um, the good does not use fear to control. It uses love and compassion and tenderness. You know, First Corinthians. Uh, the enemy uses fear of, am I really saved? Am I really going to heaven? Um, you know, oh, if they only knew what I really did, nobody would want to be my friend. Uh, condemnation, that kind of stuff. We all go through that. When that happens to us, that's not God. That's not God. And um, it's fear. This whole thing is fear-based to control us. And, and to make a long story short, no, this virus is not the mark. Not even it's not. The vaccine either, yeah. The vaccine, excuse me, the vaccine yeah. is not the mark. Right. The technology's there, but this is not, this isn't it yet. Do you think that maybe, do you think that maybe the, do you think that maybe the nanobots, if they are present in it, um, are, are there to, uh, to cause harm? And, and I'll tell you what, and before you answer that, um, this is making a lot of Christians look like idiots because I've, I've had the occasion of, being around other people that aren't believers and how they're talking about how the Christians think that, you know, this is, um, these nanobots are going to go in and they're going to kill everybody. And, and, uh, you know, that it's, it's all a big conspiracy and the whole nine yards. And, you know, that, that may be true, you know, that that's what the purpose of nanobots is if there are nanobots in the, in the vaccine. But, um, to promote that it's the uh, the mark of the beast is uh, it just makes us look foolish. It look, makes us look like we don't uh, we don't know what we're talking about. But go ahead, Brian. Well, you brought that's a great point. Yeah, it does make it look look foolish. If if, if anybody took the vi- anybody who's listening to us took the virus, uh, excuse me, the vaccine, they're not going to have them. They're not damned to hell. It's that specific period of time in history. You will have a choice of either worshiping the Antichrist and taking this mark or not. Right. People during that time will know what they're doing. Right. And taking any vi- uh, vaccine right now, that's not going to condemn you to hell. But if somebody came up to you and said that you need to take this and deny your God or you're going to die, you don't take it. That's right. different. Right. Now, as far as the specific taking this vaccine now, no, I believe you take this vaccine, you're not damned to hell. But during the tribulation time, that's a specific moment in time that it's going to be very uh, obvious to people that when they take it, they're making their allegiance to the Lord. Because as, as you know, there's this place in the Revelation, I can't remember tra- chapter off the head, off the top of my head, but also believers are given a mark that right. some of the plagues won't affect them. Right. And it's written on their forehead, I think. And, yep. uh, and right. And so this system of marking is used by God too, but God marks those people. An angel marks them. This other mark is through, uh, actual demonic, um, uh, people, you know, uh, Antichrist uses humans to implement it. Right. And it's demonic. And this, right now, the vaccine, if somebody took it, um, 
it's not going to damage your health. But there are things in these vaccines, even if you don't have nanobots, there are things in these vaccines that are not good for your body. Right. And I've been doing a lot of research since we last talked about this. Uh, the, the mumps and polio and all the stuff we took as kids all had stuff in it to hurt us. And Mercury. It didn't, kill, it didn't kill enough of us. So they upped the ante and now you have to have like 50 to 60 shots before you get out of high school or a yeah, hundred. That's right. So, so they didn't kill our generation fast enough. We survived too much. So mm-hmm. they, upped, and it's, it's the truth. And so I would not take a vaccine just because um, I don't know what's in it, and I don't trust the people that make it to tell me what's in it is truthful. Right, and uh, that's why I won't. I won't take it. I don't, I never get a flu shot. I don't do that. And well, anytime they got to actually give you the disease for you to fight the disease, is that an oxymoron or what? Yeah, I mean, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, you know, sorry, guys. No, that's I okay. At uh, back when um, uh, two or three years ago. Um, you know, when I foolishly took the vaccine uh, for the flu, um, I had them give me the uh, package insert from the box, you know, and the guy gladly gave it to me. And I looked up, I looked up uh, the ingredients and how it was made. And it's, it's the weirdest thing because according to the, the package insert, the flu vaccine was made um, and they put in um, thimerosal, which is a... Uh, a derivative of mercury, and according to them, according to them, it's in the multi-dose vial. You know, the vial where you, um, you know, you can draw more than one back, uh, injection from it, but it's not in a single-dose vial. And then, if you read on, it says, "Well, they put it in all of it, and then they take it out to make the multi-dose vial. I mean, the single-dose vial." Now, how stupid is that? How how stupid do you think that we are to believe that? When you, when you when you could take before you put the thimerosal in, you could take the the the, uh, the vaccine and make a single dose vial out of it, and then later add the thimerosal. You know, it's yeah. it just it doesn't make any sense. You know, so there, um, even in the paperwork, it was it was uh, poppycock, to lack of a better word to use. <laughs> um, so. It's it's just it's just a shame that they uh, that they have to market it uh, in such a manner, and I'm sure that they could find many other preservatives. But uh, when you start reading about uh, fetal cells and, and everything else being put in there, um, basically wow. they're they're trying to put somebody else's DNA in, into your body, and uh, why would you want to do that? You know, um, in hopes that maybe it'll change your DNA. You know, it's just it's just really strange that um, some of the stuff they put in there is, is really bizarre. And uh, anyway, I'll yield. Um, anybody? I think we're going by geographical location, so that would mean, uh, Eric, you're up. Sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, the mark, um, you know, it's interesting when I look at Revelations, it says that... Uh, you know, those that take it, you know, there something happens and there's their, their body rejects it, right? They break out in lesions. Is that correct? Remember that correct? Yeah, yeah, and, uh, the sores or yeah, 
Plus right yeah. stores, right? Mm-hmm. And it and it set and I don't mean to steal uh, steal your thunder, Jim, but it 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 says that uh, you know they will they'll seek death, but they will not be able to find it. And I find that uh, to be particularly interesting. So what if the mark is actually Satan's offer of based on science and technology? Uh, a mechanism of eternal life Bingo. so that you don't need God's judgment. You can be a God. That was a promise made by him, you know, when he deceived Adam and Eve that, you know, you, you shall be gods. So what if that's exactly what it is? And you willingly have to take this thing knowing God exists and that, uh, you know, that you are in fact rejecting him. So there's no, there's no gray area. There's no, um, you know, I didn't know, you know, I was deceived. You willingly do it or doing it knowing that, uh, you are violating, you know, you know, what God has actually has in place. So, right. Right. That is basically my opinion on it. I don't necessarily think it's, you know, um, you know, a vaccine or anything like that, but it's probably some, some type of technology um, that basically doesn't make you even technically human anymore. You know, I don't know where that line lies you know, exactly and what has to be changed from a DNA perspective. But um, Well, there was a doctor, um, and I sent it to Brian, and I think I sent it to you guys too, mm-hmm. uh, who actually, she said that it does change your DNA, and it does change you from being human. And, you know, that's interesting because uh, Jesus came to die for human beings. He came to be a kinsman redeemer. In other words, another man that can redeem us. He's a kinsman. He's a a brother, so to speak. And um, he didn't come to die for Nephilim. He didn't come to die for transhumanists. So if they change your DNA, that would make sense that the offer could never be um, extended uh, to you or to whoever does that, you know, whoever takes the mark, the offer could never be extended for the, the sacrifice of of Jesus to be given to them because technically they're not human anymore, right? Right. They're, it's for the Adamic people, basically, right? Yeah. Um, that's that's mm-hmm. what it is. You are now something else that was never uh, supposed to be. Right. Um, so therefore that's not, you know, you basically make yourself not redeemable at that point mm-hmm. and that's why when uh, when uh, Enoch was was asked by the uh, the fallen angels to go and intercede for his for their offspring um, that God called them bastards he didn't he didn't <laughs> call them humans so he called them bastards and he says no I'm not gonna I'm not gonna help you and your children the bastards mm-hmm. he said he said because you know they technically weren't no, human yeah, the um, the sacrifice of Jesus, who was totally man and totally God, um, would would not apply to them because they were they were tainted, basically, right? What a perfect segue for me. Yes, <laughs> take her away there, pal. Well, uh, Eric, Dave, I know you're going to remember this person. Uh, we were really blessed to become good friends with this man. Um, he wrote a book. I've been desperately, I've been kind of 
in and out. I'd set my headphones down and I'm desperately looking through my library looking for his darn book and I can't find it. I can't remember the name of it. I think it's Whosoever Will Question Mark, John Darnell. Uh-huh. Remember John? Right, yeah. We we haven't been able to get a hold of him, man. We've been trying to get a hold of him. Um, he's had to go into covering because of his stance and position. Um, what an awesome man he yeah, was. He, he was in satanic ritual abuse counselor. Right. Um, did some fantastic work. He wrote a book called Whosoever Will May Come? Question mark. And his book is, I think, one of the most important books that needs to be known. And I wanted to get a lot of copies from him. And that's what I've been trying to get a hold of him desperately to find out where he is. I don't even know if he's still alive. He lives in Australia. Um, he, through some of his counseling and everything, he ran into a, a situation where somebody sued him for, I don't, you know, it, it, when you, you go into counseling and things don't work out and you have a disgruntled person, you got to really be careful that you have all the legalities set up right so that you don't suffer a governmental well, retribution. I kind of do know what happened, Jim, because I read about it. And um, oh. basically, what there was a woman that was uh, brought up under uh, SRA, and um, she was married, and uh, he ministered to her and actually set her free. She was set free from uh, all the years mm-hmm. of torture and, and everything else. And um, supposedly, uh, the husband didn't like that, so the husband ac- accused him of being a cultist. Um, and starting a cult and, and brainwashing people where actually he was deprogramming. <laughs> sure. Um, and so uh, he became known as a, a cult, uh, basically a cult. And uh, they uh, that's the rumor that went around Australia, and they basically did him in that way. But uh, if he ever listens to this, I'd really like to get in contact with him too because I think that he has a lot to share, and, and uh, we need to uh, help him to do that. But go ahead, Jim. Well, his book, um, Whosoever Will May Come, question mark. I think that's the name of it. And I've been, it's in my library. I'm going to make darn sure that I find this book so I can, um, quote it accurately, uh, maybe next program or whatever. But, uh, he, his book is timely. It's much needed right now. It needs, I want it. I have tons of them in my library so that when people come in to my museum, they're going to leave with one, a copy of that book. That's how much I think it's important. He addresses the idea, and it's a promise and guarantee from the Word of God that, and you've got a testimony to knowing the right Jesus, not any Jesus. Right. But his, his, um, you know, and maybe you can follow up with that after I share this, but his book is on the premise that because of the modern technology we have today and the slow transformation, the one thing that we're guaranteed by Scripture is that in order to accept whatever the real mark is, whatever it might be, and I do believe that it's got less to do with with uh, taking a chip than it does embracing a concept in your mind, a concept that you can be your own God, that you can circumvent the God of the Bible, and that you can now have the power yourself to not be accountable to a God, but that you can be your own God. And... He's, his book is on the premise that with all of the modern technology that's around today, 
with DNA being able to restructure your, you know, with, with nanobot technology being able to restructure your DNA and everything. If you involuntarily, let's say you even have a coma and you wake up and you, you've accepted this uh, vaccine or whatever that's now changed you, that does not count according to the word of God. You have to clearly reject the God of the Bible, the Jesus of the Bible. I'm not talking about a cosmic Christ. I'm not talking about any other kind of Christ. You can accept any other kind of Christ, but you have to openly reject the God of the Bible, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. If you, you have to reject that in order to accept whatever the real mark is. If you have not done that and it has been snuck on you and you've been modified or changed, his premise is that doesn't account according to scripture. You have the ability to be saved and redeemed because you did not make a decision to reject the God of the Bible. That book is so needed right now. He addresses all of these issues. Okay, it's it's not anything that is 100% conclusive other than that promise and that hope that we can have in the scriptures. God is not a God of formulas. He is a God of intent of heart, and he knows our heart. And right. he says that his yeah. arm is not too short to reach into the uttermost. So when we have this definition so blurred by science and technology, we don't have to be afraid of any of it if we have never rejected Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who is fully God and fully man. If we can, if we never rejected that, then whatever has been weighted against us is nullified because that's God's guarantee for our safety. This book that he has is so needed right now because it addresses all of the things that we've been talking about. He addresses all of it backed by scripture that you have to reject the God of the Bible in order for that to ever stick. And yeah. a person that has been involuntarily changed has a redemptive value because he never rejected the God of the Bible. And when we're, we're faced with Frankenstein technology that can do all this crap, we don't have to worry about it. His book is so important right now. I can't even find him. I don't even know where he's at. I, and I put out everything that I possibly can. And I understand that he's had to get invisible for his own welfare and protection, if he's even alive still. Right, right, yeah. Hey, um, to go along with what Jim's saying, and we've been talking about Revelation 14, 9. Then another angel, a third one, followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives a mark on his forehead, or on his hand, he will also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which right. is mixing full strength in the cup of his anger. Anyway, yeah, I just wouldn't want to be there. No. Nope. <laughs> well, you know, you've reached that point of no return. You've accepted, like um, Eric was saying, you have accepted a counterfeit eternal life. You shall be as gods. You should surely not die. You'll, your eyes will be open. You'll be as gods. Um, you know, what happened during the Tower of Babel? It said that now this that they imagine to do, nothing will be restrained from them that they want to do. This wasn't, they were not in a climbing you know, position to pull God down from heaven or anything. They were trying to bore open and pry open 
an opening into the third heaven, God's domain. And it says it was they were going to be successful with it had not God intervened. Exactly. So in the latter days, guess what? They're successful. They've done this. The Tower of Babel has been rebuilt. It was not about a program to a climbing program. I mean, you know, when you look at where the geographical location of the Tower of Babel sat, it sat in a in a valley. <laughs> if you're going to have a climbing program, you're going to reach the highest the highest elevation of a mountain near the area, and that wasn't what it was about. It was a repository of forbidden knowledge of how to breach space, time, and dimension. This is what quantum physics is all about. This is what CERN is all about. It is messing up space-time. The end times literally means it's the end of linear time as we know it. We're not even going to know when we're in the tribulation period because it's going to happen in a manner we're not even going to notice it. It has to happen according to um, Isaiah 24th chapter. He said he took upon the... Uh, those that were on high and the kings of the earth and he put them in a pit when the earth wobbled to and fro like a drunkard that was during an earth axis rotation that's what cern is all about that is what's happening here you know when i looked at um let's say i was getting ready for preparation for a speech at uh um prophecy club I was doing several different um, speeches, and the Lord kept telling me, "Look at this. Look, look up this word in Revelation's ninth chapter." And I said, "Lord, Lord, I gotta get this done. It's crunch time, and I waited till the last minute, and I gotta hurry up and get this done." He says, "Look it up. Stop." So finally, I mean, he just wouldn't let me rest until I looked it up, and I looked it up, and my gosh, it was talking about the sound of their chariots is the sound of many. The sound. And the sound of their wings was as the sound of many chariots in the battle. They're talking about the locust invading coming up from inside the earth to the outside of the earth. And in that, when I looked up in the Hebrew, and then I looked at Vine's notes on Strong's numbers, or the Greek rather, I looked at Vine's notes on Strong's numbers, and they said that literally it meant an address, that something was being dialed in as an address to be the key to the opening of the bottomless pit. It had nothing to do with sound visually hearing. It meant an address. Something is being dialed in. Yeah. Length, height, hit, uh, length, width, and height, and time. So, I mean, that was just like a, that was my Twilight Zone epiphany moment. Oh my gosh. CERN is what's bringing in all these things. So, it's a technology mixed with forbidding knowledge of a particular lineup. Everybody's waiting for the end of the world in 20, what was it, 2012? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, that's a big, big year. Mayan calendar. And the thing is that this was not the end of anything. It was the beginning of something new. Uh, Shiva, the destroyer of planets. Um, it's funny that, that uh, the Hindus understood this idea of what CERN was doing, so they sent a statue of Shiva to be put in the front of uh, CERN, where the location was. And even the location, what are the chances that CERN was located exactly during the Roman uh, 
domination of, of the world at that time was in CERN, Switzerland. That was the, uh, the temple of Apollyon, Apollos, the name of the head demon that comes up out of the pit from a hollow earth into the surface. So, I mean, none of this stuff is by chance. This is actually connections to prophecy being fulfilled. CERN is the opening to the key to the bottomless pit that allows something inside to come outside. And what we have seen, it seems to be uh, on a certain date, there's a culmination of all the feast festivals. And this is one thing I am totally in agreement, Dave, that, that, um, that you and others have said that that everything that God has ever done in a major way has always been on the different feasts that God has as a significant intersection. Well, September 23rd has always been the culmination of not only all of the festivals and feasts, the feasts of the, you know, the final harvest or whatever, um, but it's also been the occult perspective of the same thing. And right. everything seems to intersect at that time. We have gone through three, maybe four distinct axis shifts at that same date. And things overnight seem to change. Overnight, all of a sudden, um, the Democrats openly confess, yeah, we're communists. Yeah, we're socialists. This is our agenda. Um, that never happened before. And everybody somewhat accepts it. The second time was, um, uh, what was it? Um, uh, oh, um, same-sex relationships. All of a sudden, it's normal and acceptable, and how dare you come against it, um, the equal rights. And then all of a sudden, every movie, every genre of movie, everything in our society is saturated with some representation of, of the uh, disenfranchisements of um, gay and lesbian people. And it's commonly accepted. And if you don't believe that, then you're a hater. Um, and it's almost happened like overnight. Now, some people don't sense it right away. Some people have uh, understood it like almost immediately. Um, but it seems to be sudden changes automatic. The next time that happened, all of a sudden, if you're upset with the way things are, you just go into a place and whack everybody out. And all of a sudden, overnight, this just seems to be standard procedure. It's the way... It always has been. No, it hasn't, but now it's been normally accepted. These are laminations of literally hell on earth being put into our dimensional perspective. It's um, like laminating transparencies over from what you see. And you say, oh, we like this, we like that. Okay, here's, you know, let's put this all together. So it's tweaking out a natural phenomena that we're in line of sight with the center of our universe on one axis. And the reason why we live in a spiral galaxy is because there's a huge black hole in the center, and now we're in line with it, and now we feel the effects of it. But the forbidden, or the fallen angels, guided by mankind, has tweaked that technology. And I even got this in my book written 25 years ago. I said that, you know, that we're not going to see anything suddenly happen, but maybe four or five years down the road, we're going to begin to see the effects that forbidden angels uh, or fallen angels have given to mankind to tweak this technology, to tweak the whole space-time continuum influence that this black hole is giving, accelerating time. 
Um, and you know what? It's happening exactly the way I have proclaimed 25 years ago in a book uh, that at the time people thought I was the craziest David Icke of Christianity that existed. But now it's got a new sense of credibility because it's right on target. It's happening. The things that people thought were so weird are now the hot topics. You can't turn any um, television program, documentary, ancient aliens, all of this stuff. That's the main hot topic they're talking about. Um, who would have ever thought? I never thought I'd see the day when uh, there would be actually Christian productions on the same topic and subject that I had mentioned 25 years ago. So now my book has a whole new sense of credibility because everything so far that I've you know, talked about has started to come to pass. So it's not by chance, it's by divine appointment. And this stuff, I didn't search for it. It found me in spite of myself. It's not like I'm some smart guy that figured it all out. No, I fell into it. You know, I just happened to be at the right time in the right place, and this is what happened. And I was, I guess, you know, gutsy enough to go ahead and proclaim it. Right. I don't have to sell it. I don't have to, you know, debate it. Or, or And that's what the Lord told me. He says, Jim, I don't want you to hard sell it. I don't want you to debate it. I don't want you to defend it. Just proclaim it to whoever's willing to listen and let it go. I got your back. I'll do the rest. You know what? I don't think I have too long to wait. <laughs> I either got maybe two months to wait or a year and two months. But right. I guarantee you the rest of the stuff is going to happen, and it's going to happen very soon. We're in the last days. Church, please wake up and realize that. Listen to the prophets. Listen to the word that God has given us, the system that he's given us. It's not hard. It's not rocket science. It's a formula that God has given us, an intimacy that he wants us to have with him. Our dependency can't be on assumed events for the future. Our dependency has to be on him in a personal relationship, not knowing about him, knowing him intimately. You know. We can have gifts, and gifts are great because they're unwarranted. They're there whether, you know, how accurate we are or not. But the thing is, how accurate we are is depends on our holiness, our sense of holiness. We're, as long as we're stuck in an earth suit, we're going to sin. We're going to be subject to a sin nature. We're going to be subject to a, a baser nature that we're more inclined to be. Not that we're inherently evil. We're inherently naive. We're gullible. God has to give us the discernment, and that's why he's given us his word, the logos, and that's why he's given us the rima, the inspiration, personal application of his word. we got to have both, two witnesses. That's kind of a very Jewish, very biblical process. Mm -hmm. If we apply that in our lives, we keep anything that hasn't happened yet very loose-ended. By the time we figure we've got it all figured out, we can have a little pamphlet that we can unfold and say, we know this is going to happen, this is going to that's when we don't know anything. We have to have our reliance upon him on a day-to-day -day basis and walking in holiness. You can have this gift and be fantastic at it, but how accurate you're going to be is depending on how you're never going to be sinless. But we want to have a goal to sin less. And if our right. goal is to sin less... Our heart is in a condition where God can trust us with information. If we're not willing to struggle with the individual, independent things that that we all struggle with, how is going to 
God going to give us or trust us with a bigger picture of the world? That's what it's based on. He's not going to tell us things, you know, on a broader spectrum until we are willing to be willing to follow him unconditionally and unconditionally surrender so that he can put through us what we're not capable of doing in our own selves. When we get our heart in that condition, I don't care how how smart you are, how educated you are. He says that he it, he it pleases him to use the foolish to confound the wise, to use the things that are of no effect to make no effect the things that are. And that is usually based on the fact that if you have less, you're more dependent upon God. But what if you're someone like Paul, who was a cosmopolitan person, man? He had the, he was a teacher of Jews in the Sanhedrin. He was a member of the Sanhedrin. Um, he had a Greek education, the top and best that you could have. And he also had, um, he also had a Roman citizenship. So he had the best of all three cultures. And yet he counted that as literally in, in the, Greek, it was a pretty strong word. He counted it as shit right. and put it before the feet of Jesus and said, apart from you, I can do nothing. But in you, I can do all things. Help me, Lord. So, man, this guy with a great intellect and great cultural background and everything, put it all at the feet of Jesus. And not only did he have all of that working for him, he had the anointing of God. And that super that passes everything else. So he had the best of both worlds. We can do the same pattern if we just humble ourselves, come before God and say all that we are, everything that we have, put it at the feet of Jesus. Let him do through you what you're not capable of yourself. Once you get that understanding, whew, man, there's no limit. The Bible promises that we who are faithful followers of him, the remnant, that we will experience a manifestation of the sons of God. In other words, we're going to wake up and realize all things are possible through us. We are entitled to have all the gifts. We are entitled to have all the supernatural workings to bring the kingdom of God to people. So we don't talk about it. We actually bring it to them. We lay hands on them, they're, they're healed. We cast out demons. We have all manner of supernatural power over them. Why? Because we have a mark and we have a ceiling. The mark is some supernatural empowerment, and the ceiling is a protection for the paranormal that surrounds us, the paranormal being the works of the enemy. Man, with that, we can't lose. We are winners. So I'm done preaching with that. Hey, uh, while, while you were you know, talking, I uh, found a copy. The book is called The Gospel to Every Creature. Ah, thank you, man. And oh, right. I also found a link to our blog talk show with him back in 2013. and posted that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. that's man. I got to get a copy of that too, man. I I got to get that. That's awesome. Thank so, you. Anyway, yeah, it's it's right there. You can just look at the messages, and there, there's the link to. Uh, but the book the book cannot be found. <laughs> uh, you know, that's that's the thing. I've got it, and I'm I've been wondering. Would it be proper for me to reprint it somehow? That book yeah, really needs, don't. Yeah, book unless really it's out of to be out. Unless it's out what? of print or something. It is out of John, print, but still, you'd have to get you'd have to get uh, unless permission. I'd have to get yeah. John's permission. John, if you're out there, please, please, your book needs to be out there. 
man, it, it can't be hidden. It needs to be out there. If I could have the rights to republish it and put it out, it, it is so needed, John. If you're hearing this somewhere, somehow, some way, please. Um, or if you have stored up copies, you know, I've got, I still got about six, 700 copies of my book and I pass them out like tracks anymore. I don't sell them. I give them away. Yeah. <laughs> anybody, anybody that wants one. <laughs> I hear that. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So, but John, uh, cause the only way, uh, it's, I know that, uh, copyright goes, well, especially in the United States. Um, it's, uh, things are copyrighted, I think, 70 years after, until 70 years after the, uh, uh, last remaining band member or, or the author passes away. So, um, I don't know who would hold the uh, publishing rights or anything like I'm, that. So. I'm pretty sure John owns his own. He's a publish on demand. So, like with me, I own my, I own the copyright, so I can do whatever I want with it. So yeah, it doesn't matter. And right, and so, and I kept it that way, and I always will keep it that way. I am never giving over, relinquishing something over to a uh, publisher because right. they can kill it anytime they want. I'm in control of it, and I'm going to stay in control of it because if I want to give it away, I'll give it away, like you do. That's yeah. that's what you do with your book now. And uh, same here, man. And it's not going to be any other way. Your yours is still available on PDF, right? Yeah, it's on the website. Who's your resistance? Yeah. yeah. yeah so. Anybody can download it. And it's the updated version, too. It's uh, I've changed some things around on it, which I have the right to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, now I, there's, did, I did on mine, too. <laughs> now there's only one author where there was two before, and that was never supposed to be. Oh, we had and, a government uh, agent who was looking, pretending to be something that he wasn't, and uh, yeah, we had to eliminate that guy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, By eliminate, you mean not not kill, right? Uh, <laughs> right, we had to write him out of the book. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Just wanted to clarify that for yeah. the audience. Yeah, we're I mean, living in a world where, yeah, we got to be careful. Yep. Thanks, I mean, he did contribute, so he's on her as a contributor, but that's about yeah. it. So, um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, I think we're getting pretty close to pumpkin time. It's pumpkin time. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I think we had a pretty lively conversation tonight. Uh, and, uh, I'm, you know, we will be uh, looking at this vaccine thing and seeing how it plays out. Because supposedly they're uh, they're really moving ahead with these. You know, what's, what's kind of sad, though, and I lament, is that I can remember being a kid walking around with a box asking for people to contribute to the March of Dimes for muscular dystrophy. And that's that was uh, 55 years ago, <laughs> maybe 53, and uh, there's still no cure for uh, for muscular dystrophy and um, and other diseases that are like that. Uh, no cure for cancer or anything else. But uh, when they want to, they can manufacture something in six months or a year's time to to kill a virus. You know, and it's uh, the shame is that. Uh, it's it's big pharma and big pharma makes money and if you cure all diseases big pharma goes out of business so um, I, I want to throw something out there Dave um, yeah I'm not saying this is so but I have heard someone else I was talking to that one of the reasons they keep on talking about hydroxychloroquine uh, is that in that they're saying uh, there's potential that is um, 
actually the cure or the treatment process in which to reverse cancer. Oh, really? Huh. So. Oh, wouldn't um, surprise me. It's a wonder drug, that's for sure. Well, yeah. I guess it shrinks tumors and all that stuff as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I, it's always been interesting as to why that's been in the media so much. And, you know, they've tried to squash it and, you know, you know, even on social media, you know, shut people's accounts down, you know, whether whether it's the cure for COVID, that's fine. But um, it does make me think that maybe Trump knows that that's uh, very much a life-saving drug um, for a lot of things, actually. So, yeah. You know, Eric, uh, I have a first personal experience with that. My grandfather fought in Luzon's uh, in the Philippines. He got malaria. Um, from the time that he got malaria until the time of, I think in the 60s and 70s, he was still taking hydroxychloroquine to relieve himself of, uh, of you know, the malaria. Right. Any long-term effects, <laughs> it kept him alive. He died at 98 years old. Uh-huh. Now, when they discovered that radon gas coming from swamps or anything, you know, um, when I lived in Livonia, my grandparents lived next door. We lived on our address, and <clears throat> it was swampland that was graded over. And when they came out with radon detection uh, things, it was off the scale. In my, in my, you know, my parents' house and my grandparents living next door. And, uh, this is after they moved from Brightmore. Anyways, they lived next door. Because my grandfather was having, taking regular doses of hydrochloroquine, he died at 98 years old. All the rest of my family is dead, all from cancer. And I know it's from the highest concentration of uh, carcinogenic gases coming from the, the swamplands was what we experienced. Even my younger brother. They all died from cancer-related problems. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one that survived other than my grandfather. Right. But at a later time in life, I started taking... Uh, medication and vitamins as I learned about holistic healing and everything. And it's probably what cured me from my cancer and kept me going on, you know, living. So, I mean, God had a plan in my life and I know I got it, certain things that I'm going to still do and I haven't done them yet. So obviously I'm God's going to find a way to keep me alive. But in all of that, I'm saying that there's a natural quality. I mean, the devil isn't under any, every rock. We have to, know certain things to be aware of to counter in the natural and then right. God works in the supernatural. So I know uh, with my own family, you know, when they start saying, well, there's long-term possible long-term effects of hydrochloroquine. No, there isn't. No, and you uh-huh. ask anybody with lupus, they've had to take it their entire life and they're still alive because of it. That's right. Yeah. You know, I, um, I, I did a study, uh, because uh, they say that one of the effects is that it's, it lengthens the QT node in the heart. Um, and without going into much physiology, basically that's the time that 
uh, your your uh, atrium beats compared to the time that your ventricle beats, and uh, and if it lengthens that, that could be dangerous. Um, but I'm on two drugs that have been for about 20 years now. That that's well, one for 20 years, one for about six months. <clears throat> that lengthened the QT node, and every once in a while you go get an EKG, and they say, well. There's no lengthening of your QT node. You're good. You know, so if that's the only effect that they're worried about, that's that's a piece of cake, you know. And if it affects yep. one person out of 100,000, then, you know, why why deny it to the other 999,999 people, you know, because it affects one person. And uh, that's, that just doesn't make sense to me unless you want to keep people sick. You keep people Which- sick. And then you know you 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 keep making money, and then you can get that the, the the guy at the top of the company can get his five or six million dollars a year, you know, and uh, and all the scientists uh, can, can can retain their jobs there, um, you know. So it's it's all a money making thing, and uh, basically we're 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 lab rats for the you know, here, company. Here's an interesting thing I I want to make this connection with, and that is that. Moderna. Who owns Moderna? IG Farben, I thought it was. Well, IG Farben was a Germans. company. It's a company that manufactured Soros. Zyklon V. Yes, George Soros owns it. Now, George Soros, during the <clears throat> World War II, was like, like an 18-year-old working... Um, Pretty much his job was like as uh, a number cruncher um, for overseeing, kind of like in an accountant department, overseeing the um, the remains of all of those that were executed, the Jews that were executed in um, you know the prison camps. He right. oversaw all of the valuables and remains of the, of their estates, so he crunched the numbers. So. Basically, how did he end up becoming the richest, one of the richest men in the world? Well, he did kind of one of these numbers. There's one for the theater, two for me, three for the theater, four for me. Right. He was he was he was embezzling <laughs> Hitler. He right. became one of the richest men in the world. But guess what? He was so rich he bought Ig Farben, and then what he did was broke Ig Farben from a multi. I mean, this thing was as big as. Um, some of the American corporations having diversified into all kinds of different areas. So what he did was he broke it up so that um, no, I can't think. My, <laughs> one of the companies that he created was Mo, um, come on, help me out here, Moderna. guys. I just said it. Moderna. Yeah. Moderna was part of IG Fervent. He broke it up and Moderna was is the company that's contracted to eventually release the final COVID-19 virus. Now, guess who broke into his whole career working for Moderna? Fouché. Oh, yeah, Fauci. Yeah. Fauci, yeah. Fauci became aware and part of Moderna right from the very beginning. And he brought his his um, sobriety, uh, not sobriety, um, 
when they're in college, they belong to different um, organizations. What, what is it? Fraternities, oh, yeah. Fraternity. His fraternity pal and roommate was Bill Gates. Right. And he brought him in on the, on the whole thing. So, I mean, there's the unholy trio right there. Yeah. George Soros, oh. Bill Gates, and Boucher. All of them in bed in the same situation in the same organization. So is it no wonder that right now that's who we're facing as the global experts for representing the CDC, we're representing the um, WHO, World Health Organization. Why would we want to believe one word to any three of those demonic inspired men? You know, we're warned in the Bible in Jude 6 that there would be a time when people that are not really people are wandering stars, whom's reserved everlasting darkness, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, clouds without waters. Those are definitions of fallen angels. We're warned that they're going to come in our midst, steering us towards a one-world government, one-world religion, one-world economic system. Wow. Who are these people? I don't even think they're human. I really right. don't. Right. Those are the ones that we've been warned about. They're in our midst. They're attacking every fabric of our society, bringing us towards that very goal. Just saying. And you know, right. the other thing is, you look at the, the United Nations, you look at money, money trails do not recognize anything political, religious, or anything. Money trails are just positive proof. When you see who supported the Third Reich and the Nazi machinery, and then you see the same monies supporting the United Nations, and when you see that Revelation 19, uh, 17 says that there are 10 people who have received no power, um, there are 10 people that have power as kings but receive no kingdom yet. But they have one mind and give their power unto the beast, but they have one purpose, one goal. I'm paraphrasing this greatly, but it's Revelation 17, 12, and 13. Now, when you see that the Georgia Guidestones with the Agenda 21 on the 33.3 line parallel, um, commonly known as America's um, Stonehenge, has 10 different languages and 10 different commandments of Agenda 21. To eliminate, to have a manageable, sustainable Earth, they say that um, the population has, population has to be reduced to 500 million people, which means 6.5 billion people have to die. Right. Um, when it's 10, 10, I mean, you know, that should be a wake-up call right there. We're seeing these things happen right in front of us, and so many are not making a connection. The, the basic thing is that there is a global conspiracy of an elite 10, the same names that keep popping up all over the place. Um, some of them are probably not even human. They're fallen angels pretending or having a shell looking like humans. And they're the ones doing it. Clouds without water. So, I mean, prophecy is being fulfilled right in front of us in so many different ways that people are just not detecting, not understanding. The church isn't understanding it. Um, we're in the last of last days. It's time to, you know, it's crunch time. We need to start learning and realizing that and following God's plan so we know to have stability in an unstable world. Um, I don't know. It's, on a good note, the thing is, we're studying losers. They don't win. We have already won. And we don't even have to do anything. When the Lord comes back, he says one word and it wipes out all of the
the Antichrist army and that's amassed against Israel and whatever. And we even see that as a pattern in the in the Word of God. When the Sanhedrin accused Jesus, he says, what, you've been before Abraham, you were? And he says, I am, and they fell down. When Jesus was being arrested at the Garden of Gethsemane, they said, uh, um, are you the one we're looking for? And, G- and Judas kissed him on the cheek to separate him from the rest. And he says, I am. And they all fell down. So what is he going to say over the, the army massed against Israel? I am. And yeah. they all fall. Exactly. So cool. Exactly. Okay, fellas. Well, we better put an end to it. Yep. It's 2.04. Brian, thanks again. Glad you were here. Right, he's still there. I don't think he's on it. He dropped off. Uh, oh, okay. All right. So, well, he has other things going on, I guess. So, but uh, you guys, thank you. I really enjoyed tonight. I think it was a very productive show, and it'll answer a lot of questions that people might have. So, that's a good thing. So, hopefully, uh, they'll do a little bit of research on their own and find out this isn't, you know, make believe. It's reality. Yeah. For sure. So, yeah, normally I'd, you know, I'd stay on and talk longer with you guys, but we got to get up early. We got an appointment tomorrow. So, um, anyway, folks, thank you for coming in or coming in. Thank you for listening in. And, uh, we, uh, we just pray that you'll be there next Monday when we, uh, will hopefully have the guests that were supposed to be here tonight. So, um, be blessed, everybody. Uh, Jim, you want to end us in a prayer? Father, we just come before you, Lord. We just ask that all the information, the things that we've put out, Lord, that there's a lot, and I know that there's a lot to process through, but I pray, Lord, that you'll stimulate everybody to do their own research, to seek out prayerfully uh, the things that we've brought out, the connections. Lord, have them email us, and we'll be more than welcome to give them any uh, connections or further information, the direction that we can give. Uh, that they might know that their faith isn't blind, that they're on solid ground, and that putting their trust and faith in Jesus, he has a plan, he has a way to understand that plan, and we can understand it too, and we can have peace, stability, and conformity to his plan by getting ourselves out of the way and letting God do through us what we're not capable of doing on our own. I just pray this for every individual that's heard this tonight, that they'll do this, that they'll be diligent, they'll seek out to see for themselves whether these things be true or not. We ask this in your mighty and precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen. and amen. Okay, guys. Bye, folks. All right. Good night, everybody. All right. Take care. God bless.